0: Hello, and welcome to Herpeter, a podcast about breaking the stigma on herpes and empowering the community. I'm your host, Erin DeVos. As always, you can review my episodes on YouTube, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the link to the channel on the podcast's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter page, at HerpaderpPodcasts. Thanks! Thanks! Hey, hey, Herpaderpers! Welcome once again to another episode of the Herpaderp podcast. I am looking forward to continuing to share multiple stories throughout Herpes Awareness Month, which is every October, and I love being able to share not only the stories and people's experiences, but also the scientific nature when it comes to herpes, and this episode is... I feel like it's like any other but not like any other at the same time because right now this organization called Herpes Cure Advocacy is seeking to look for change but also to increase the awareness of that a cure can be possible and so I invite you to listen in in this conversation with a representative. There's so much great information that I can't wait without further ado, for her to introduce herself and the organization.
1: Thank you so much for having us. So um, Herpes Cure Advocacy is a grassroots membership-based advocacy organization in the U.S. We're the only advocacy organization in this country doing advocacy for the cure, treatment, and prevention of herpes. Uh, So we work with Uh, patients, uh, people living with HSV, uh, healthcare providers, public agencies like the CDC and NIH, um, and any organizational stakeholders, you know, to try to, you know, impact change uh, and advance the field for herpes.
0: That's amazing. And so many different entities and also organizations that uh, you work with uh, through your advocacy work. And one thing that I love and you know kind of as we've been seeing um you know throughout I feel the herpes space how there is um this push for not only just a cure but to also um breaking the stigma why I guess why now in terms of like wanting to um bring this to light and also how others um can kind of see the benefit of it because I know in some conversations that I've had with some folks we've been talking a lot about um you know the stigma and how that's very big on social you know kind of like the acceptance of it so like when we're thinking like of a cure and I think that's so um exciting to think about and be a part of I wonder um how you know kind of do you see yourself like standing out throughout that um type of Uh, message that's being conveyed in the community. I hope that kind of made sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if you're asking, you know, if we're advocating to, you know, reduce the stigma, or, you know, help eliminate stigma for people as part of our work, Mm -hmm. you know, the answer is yes and no, you know, we do say that, you know, the stigma is is horrible. It's really crushing for people and, mm-hmm. you know, can, can be really, really, really challenging. And we know a lot of people living with herpes have a lot of mental health implications as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, we do say on the path to cure treatment and prevention that stigma is irrelevant because, part of the challenge with herpes has been what we call the minimization of herpes where because there is no cure and it's this large complex public health problem you know medical professionals in this country you know give out a diagnosis and they tell people it's manageable it's common a lot of people have it you can live with it and it's fine mm-hmm. and then also in terms of you know, relationships and dating, you know, people are are told, you know, oh, it's, it's not a big deal. You can have it and we can live with it and it's okay. And it's, you know, something we've been taught to tell ourselves. Um, and, you know, we understand that and we think that, you know, there's there's no, there's nothing wrong with having herpes. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you dirty. It doesn't make you, you know, a slut. It it, it just is an infectious disease. Mm-hmm. Um, but we say that it is irrelevant on the path to cure, treatment, and prevention because we need to talk about how serious herpes actually is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the messaging around herpes has been minimizing it, saying it's not a big deal, saying you can live with it, saying that, you know, it's it's fine. And we don't think so. We think that it is worthy of cure, treatment, and prevention, and that, you know, the communication around it in the public health space um, has a lot of misconceptions. So, you know, we do talk about the serious health complications that are associated with herpes because, you know, we want to make sure people know and we want to make sure that, you know, people are recognizing that and taking action. Uh, So we believe that you really can do both, you know, to advocate for cure treatment and prevention and to say, you know, that there's no need for stigma and that you can have herpes and it doesn't mean anything about you. Um, but just to, to clarify, you know, it's, it's not a core part of our mission. You know, for us, we're, we're here to talk about a cure, treatment and prevention. And, you know, we support the, the people in the HSV community, you know, that are talking about squashing stigma because we think it's important. But we also think it's important to, at the same time, share the medical information that, you know, we know is, is accurate.
0: Absolutely, and I'm glad that you um, are explaining this because I think it's so important to see the medical side of it because we see so much of like the social, um, I guess kind of like the sociology behind it too, like how we're interacting with each other around this news, but not necessarily like the medical and scientific uh, background and also the research that has been done. And is there um, anything, I guess throughout um, your cure research, have you um, discovered anything that's super fascinating just for those like, um, that may, you know, who are newly diagnosed, like trying to understand like what herpes actually does to the body and how, um, you know, how some of these uh, side effects can eventually become long-term. I was looking on your website, um, a little bit about that, a little bit depth, but I believe, I think I would love to hear, um, your perspective on that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, a lot of what you see in the, the world in terms of, you know, herpes communities and advocacy is all about, you know, relationships, acceptance, confidence, you know, about living with the virus. And so we have a completely different approach where we're not talking about how to be happy and thriving, living with the virus, which we think is important. We're talking about, you know, your health, your health comes first and that, you know, you don't have to just accept that you have the infection, that herpes is, you know, possible to cure, and we don't think that we really have tried that hard in this country. And there's, you know, some uh, medical experts who agree. So, um, a lot of people don't know that herpes is a neuropathic infection, which means it lives in the nerves. It's in the peripheral nervous system and the central nervous system. So, it can be in your brain, and it can cause neuroinflammation, which is dangerous. Uh, it can lead to things like encephalitis, which is essentially you know brain inflammation, and then can cause brain injury and lead to a number of other. You know, critical neurological disorders like epilepsy, for example. You know, it's it's not a direct cause to say that herpes causes epilepsy, but herpes can cause encephalitis, which causes brain injury, and then brain injuries can lead to other things that are dangerous. Um, herpes can cause facial paralysis, also known as Bell's palsy. Uh, Justin Bieber just had a a form of this from a different type of herpes virus called um, Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. Um, Herpes can cause uh, increased rates of other urogenital infections like bacterial vaginosis. So women who have genital herpes will find themselves, you know, with increased rates of BV going to their OBGYN more than they ever have before their diagnosis. Um, Herpes can also cause chronic pain. A lot of people living with herpes have neuropathic pain and they'll take something like a gabapentin, um, to, to deal with that. Uh, so there's a, a number of different things. Herpes is also a widely recognized driver of the HIV and AIDS epidemic. So 30% of new HIV cases are directly attributable to, to herpes, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things to consider that your doctor, when you get your diagnosis, is not telling you. And, it, you know, they're not widely recognized or broadly discussed in the medical community and patients certainly certainly aren't being told. So these are all things that are, you know, known in public health, but because there has been no advocacy No centralized advocacy organization for herpes. There's no, you know, central place to really know and understand how herpes can impact you, you know, so most people, when they get their diagnosis, they're, they're not even told this is neuropathic. So if you happen to have any symptoms, you know, of the, the neurological type of symptoms, if you have fatigue, if you have headaches, if you have... Um, any type of like hallucination, if you're having seizures, these are all things that are neurological complications that you know, herpes isn't proven to have direct causation of, but because of the neuroinflammation, there are things that we should be aware of. and we think as a patient advocacy organization, you know it needs to be more clearly addressed. Uh, so, a lot of things to think about a lot of misconceptions, you know, in the medical community and in the, the, you know, the patient community too, where people have, have no idea, you know, of these serious health complications. So that's what we're here trying to do is to talk more about them and to, you know, say that herpes is not benign. You know, it's really one of the things we talk a lot about that it is not benign and, you know, that it is worth curing, you know, Mm -hmm. it is worth cure treatment and prevention. Um, you know, because there are so many people that are really suffering in silence. So working hard trying to create change.
0: Oh, definitely. And you said so much great information in terms of like, not only what sometimes like for some of these things that herpes can like cause or lead to. So the fact that some of these things are not being talked about, and even through my experience, through my diagnosis story, how the doctor was just like, yeah, like, you know, get Valterics and like you'll be okay and I'm just kind of like but no like there's no real um kind of like follow-up to that in terms of like not explaining you know much more than like you know you're going to be okay and then it's very common so to hear these um amazing this amazing research that you've looked into and have done um to see like the different effects and how it can affect people I feel it's so worth uh, noting um, and also to just know to be not necessarily like you know be too like alarmed of this news but to be like aware of it and how to be an advocate in wanting to share more or to learn more about that I think it's so fascinating to me and for um Herper Derpers too like in terms of some of the common questions I have has always been Um, you know not only just like the symptoms because it obviously in a way like depends like where it shows up like on your body initially like in terms of physical versus seeing the internal like the neurology that you were talking about but also um, you know kind of like what those remedies that you can have to kind of like help ease these and is it really uh, helping because I mean in a way like some of these medications and such like they can be uh, sustainable, like in the sense, like if you're taking it regularly and everything, but at that same time, like I find myself, um, you know, not taking like my medication every day, but only when I have a severe outbreak. So it just makes me wonder throughout your research, like has, um, there been like suggestions in terms of other ways to kind of help either, um, soothe or, um, you know, help through certain outbreaks throughout your research, um, you know, kind of beyond the cause?
1: Um, I mean, we are tracking, you know, all clinical research globally that has, you know, either, uh, expressed intent of, you know, bringing a new treatment to market or entering clinical trials and, you know, all current clinical trials for herpes, You know, treatment, cure, um, vaccines, and you know, so we're pretty aware of what's going on in the marketplace. You know, there's um, a few clinical trials recruiting currently that we're excited about. One is with BioNTech and a clinical research team at Penn that we're super excited about. You can learn more about that on our website. Um, Also, GlaxoSmithKline is currently recruiting for a clinical trial that we're very excited about that we think, you know, we're really hopeful can be successful. GlaxoSmithKline is the manufacturer of Shingrix, which is the shingles vaccine. So we're really Mm -hmm. hopeful that they have, you know, the technology and, you know, the the know-how to create something for a different herpes virus, you know, that, that can work, um, you know, we don't talk that much in our in our work or in our content about you know how to help alleviate your symptoms living with herpes. But we are, you know aware there's something else called um, uh, SquareX that people are are using, um, I believe it's a treatment for HPV that people can potentially use off label. Um, there's another treatment called um, pretelivir, which is currently in clinical trials. That is another antiviral therapy that is supposed to be more effective than what's currently available on the market. Um, that currently is only being studied in the immune compromised. Um, And there's a number of reasons for that we can talk about. But when that comes to market, which we're really hopeful for, um, we think that that could potentially be used off-label for people living with herpes that are not immune compromised that also need it. Um, So, you know, that has had some very good preclinical results. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we support people doing whatever they need to try to, Be healthy and feel better, you know, but for us, the the discussion is less around living with the virus and how to, you know, feel better living with the virus in terms of, you know, your treatment or your mental health or confidence or relationships, you know, we're here, our message is about change. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's kind of our our primary message. Uh, But we definitely, you know, when there are different resources that people are talking about, you know, we want to support our members and make sure they know, you know, what's available to them so they can, you know, thrive and, you know, go to work every day and, you know, be be more comfortable, of course.
0: Definitely. And how uh, can others uh, be involved uh, in this change or help uh, Herbie Secure Advocacy?
1: Yeah. So we are, you know, early stage advocacy organization. We've been around about a year and a half. We have a medical advisory board with some of the world's leading experts, including Dr. Larry Corey, who I, you know, jokingly call the Michael Jordan of herpes. He's like Mm -hmm. one of the leading experts. Also Dr. Jeffrey Klausner um Dr. Christine Johnston, Terry Warren who a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, these are the the medical experts who we're working with. Um so, you know, we're looking for for people who want to help. You know, we're looking for advocates. You know, we're really asking people to stand up for their own health and well-being and I think a lot of people are looking for this type of resource you know that they're asking themselves why is there no cure you know and we're asking ourselves that question too you know so we're looking for people who want to impact change and get involved and there's a lot of different ways that you can do that you can very easily you know write to your elected representatives you know it sounds uh you know, it, it's, it sounds trite, but it's true. You know, advocacy works Write to your senator, write to your congressperson. Tell them you're a patient advocate and that, you know, you want increased federal funding for herpes cure treatment and prevention. It works. It has worked in the past for us. We've had some very good early success where the Department of Health and Human Services is working on a national strategy and strategic plan for the cure treatment and prevention of herpes because of us. So, and we're only a year and a half old. So to me, it says that nobody has asked, nobody has asked, there has not been advocacy. And, and I'm really optimistic and hopeful that, you know, just shining a light on this area, we'll, we will have so much progress Quickly, you know, is my hope. So, people who want to get involved, you can check out our website. We have, you know, an HSV advocates starters guide you can check out, you know, and that has some very simple, you know, one, two, three, four, five steps that you can take, you know, to become a herpes advocate. Um, and people who want to, you know, really step up and like take a leadership position, you know, as you know, kind of a a more active advocate with the organization. There's all kinds of initiatives that we're working on that, you know, we invite people to learn more about. Um, We're going to be recruiting some new board members going into the fall. So, you know, definitely recruiting advocates so you can, can hit us
0: up. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely would love to uh, learn more and be involved. And I'm sure as uh, Herbert Derbers are listening to also uh, be curious about being um, a part of your organization. I really appreciate that. And where uh, can everyone find you? (laughs) I know we've been talking a lot about your website. (laughs) Uh, Yes, for, for
1: sure. So we're on all the platforms. So we're on, Um, we're on Twitter, Herpes Advocate. We're on Instagram, Herpes Advocate. Um, you know, we have our website is www.herpescureadvocacy.com. Um, we have a Reddit group, Herpes Cure Advocates, um, we have a YouTube page, you know, you can find all of the platforms from our website. Um, but those are, you know, a couple different ways you can find us. And if you want to hit us up directly, you can email us at info at herpescureadvocacy.com.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, that all around uh, sounds great. And I guess as one um, final question I'd like to ask is, is there something that I didn't ask that you would love um, to share?
1: Well, I would just say that, you know, for people who don't know, you know, about the current state of the, you know, federal government response in the the United States of America, that it is really abysmal and that it's not acceptable, you know, for people living with herpes and that, you know, you should absolutely, if you are a feminist, if you are uh, a person who cares about health equity, if you are a person who, you know, wants to advocate for your own health, you know, it's it's not acceptable the way that the federal government has responded to herpes. So, you know, there have been no treatment advances since the original antiviral therapies, you know, Valtrex, acyclovir, and uh, uh were invented, you know, so acyclovir was invented in 1982, you know, with Larry Corey and, and, and some other folks. So, you know, and really what happened after that was invented, you know, in the early 80s is when the HIV and AIDS epidemic broke. So, you know, pretty soon after, people, you know, stop talking about herpes because HIV and AIDS was so urgent and rightfully so. Um, But, you know, for 40 years, there has been nothing happening, no advances in treatment. There is actually no diagnostic test to diagnose asymptomatic infection. So for those living with herpes and people who have had testing, you might know that the testing is a large complex web you know and a mess that leaves people thinking they're hsv positive when they're not or thinking that they're hsv negative or that they don't have the virus when they actually do Um, it's it's really a mess both on the treatment and prevention side and you know we think that a lot of it is rooted in stigma and bias and you know anti-feminist you know policies. So you know we don't think it's right, and we are asking the federal government for an adequate response. Um, we don't think it's right that the CDC guidelines don't test for herpes. You know they're they're complex. It's a it's a longer conversation we can talk much more about. But the herpes testing you know, is a complex issue where people can go in for testing, they can say, test me for everything, and they can be led to believe that they're being tested, and that they're, you know, negative of the virus when they're not. So mm-hmm. it's a complex loophole, a large, dangerous loophole in our sexual health system that people who who take responsibility for their sexual health and go for testing, you know, it, are being deceived. Are being deceived, and you know the rationale behind the CDC guidelines. You know they they say that they don't test because there's not enough um, evidence that there's a benefit. Mm. You know, which we think is is just an injustice. You know, so that the the virus is spreading with with no public health intervention whatsoever. You know, so they're not doing anything to to prevent the spread of the virus, which we think is is not okay. Uh, so just want to kind of share a little bit of some of the background of the state of things. And I mean, for us, you know, this is kind of how herpes cure advocacy got started. You know, we started to look under the hood as far as what was happening in this country and just get really fired up, you know, and we're hoping, you know, that other people will too. Uh, so just kind of wanted to share that. So people are aware you can learn more. You know, from our website, like I said, you can hit us up. We're happy to, to discuss more, um, but it's really, it's, it's not okay, you know, and we think it's because of, you know, the stigma, the timing of the HIV-AIDS epidemic, you know, a lot of misconceptions in the medical community, uh, and also, you know, because there's been no central advocacy because of the stigma, mm-hmm. you know, patients aren't standing up for themselves. You know, they just get their diagnosis and, and go home. And then they're, you know, trying to learn, you know, how do I live with this and feel good about myself? So, um, you know, we're trying to provide people a, a, another path, you know, a channel for their own advocacy. Um, and we're looking for other people who agree, you know, that the, the state of, of herpes cure treatment and prevention in this country is not okay, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up like a good point how, you know, this has been going on for years and the fact that we haven't had uh, like a new medication or a new, um, I guess, yeah, type of thing to kind of help uh, our outbreaks until like until like the 1980s, which is, it just blows my mind <laughs> when you had introduced that fact. And so um, the, the fact also even, you know, I don't, I know like, you know, relating to COVID and now like how monkeypox is also coming about, how the fact that, you know, the government have reacted so quickly to those viruses and yet you know herpes has one of been like if not the longest standing virus. And so the fact that there's been so much push to cure for all these new things that why haven't we revisited herpes? So I really appreciate you sharing uh, the scope of like where it is and how um, where we can be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just want people to remember that this is possible. This is possible, anything is possible. You know, I mean, people can say, you know, that something is impossible until it's done, you know, and it just takes people who really believe that change is possible, you know, and, you know, there's lots of other ailments and, you know, infectious diseases and things that people are dealing with, you know, in the world that, you know, require committed people and voices you know to impact change you know so so thinking evolves you know I mean we once thought the world was flat you know and Galileo like they tried to kill him because (laughs) because he said it wasn't you know and so thinking evolves and you know we just realized that nobody else is doing this work and that it needed to be done um So, you know, change, change is possible. And, you know, we're just inviting people to advocate for themselves,
0: you know, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. no, and we're right there with you. And I'm so glad I was, we were able to connect and have um, this conversation for Herbert Dippers to listen to, you know, outside of, you know, the stigma, there's all this different, um, you know, the herpes cure advocacy is doing so much more than um, relating to the day to day, like moving beyond the emotional. It's now it's into the physical um, space by finding that cure and moving things forward. So I really thank you for, uh, you know, spearheading and as well as, um, you know, your board and representatives who are part of your organization to really bring this to light. So I thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, and, you know, happy to um, connect, and let's definitely stay in touch. I feel like there's got to be, you know, different things that we could do together, you know, to try to impact change and support your listeners, so it's great to connect with you.
0: Definitely, yeah, likewise, I'd definitely love to um, help out with that and how we can uh, push for your change, well, push for this change, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As always feel free to share or comment on this podcast episode through youtube instagram facebook twitter or email at herpaderpodcasts at gmail.com anchor listeners can now leave voicemail messages after listening to the podcast episode